This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. you to take your Bible and I want you to stand. We're going to stand. We're not worshiping the Word, but we are worshiping the God of this Word. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 48. Genesis chapter 48. This is what God's Word says. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel, or Israel, you know, his Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Toward Israel's left hand. And Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand. And he brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand. Folks, the right hand of God is mentioned 58 times. 58 times in the Bible. It talks about the supernatural blessing, the the, the greatest blessing, the right hand of God. That's why Jesus is seated at God's right hand. That's where we get the analogy, your right-hand man or your right-hand woman. It it means the greater. And it says, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. I want to take a few moments and I want to talk to you about when God crosses his hands. When God crosses his hands. You know, a basketball in my hands is worth about $19. But a basketball in Steph Curry's hands is worth $33 million. You know, a baseball in my hands is worth about $18. But a baseball in Mike Trout's hands is worth $20 million. You know, a, a clipboard in my hands is worth about 10 bucks. But a clipboard in Dabble Sweeney's hands is worth $10 million a year. Golf clubs in my hands are absolutely useless. But golf clubs in Tiger Woods' hands means a master's championship. It all depends, ladies and gentlemen, on whose hands it's in. Mother Teresa said we're just pencils in the hand of God. I thought about all the things that I have. I thought about I've got a control where I can lock my vehicle. I thought about I've got this remote control where I can turn the television on. I've got this control that I can raise the garage door up or let the garage door down. But I realized something, ladies and gentlemen. All those things are not real important unless they're in the hand. (laughs) And see, folks, our lives left into our hands won't amount to much. But when you place your life In God's hands, it makes all the difference. It all depends on whose hands it's in. This is what I know. Even in 2019, marriage 
done God's way has a 100% success rate. Marriage done God's way, listen to me closely, by two people has a 100% success rate. The book of Ephesians was written to the church. Ephesians 1 and 1 tells us that. And then we get to Ephesians 5.18, and this is what it says. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. And see, I am convinced most people don't understand wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 actually explains it. Look what it says. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of every woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Now wait. Christ and God the Father are co-equal. They're co-equal. God the Son submitted to the will of God the Father. I want you to understand, women and men are equal. One is not superior one is not inferior. They're equal. But God has ordained for the husband to be the spiritual leader of the home. He's not superior. He's not smarter. He doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't know it all. He's not better. But he has a different role. And that role is for him to be the spiritual leader of that family. Now, the Bible says this in Ephesians 5 and 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Christ loved the church to the extent he gave himself for it. Christ loved the church so much that he took a basin of water and washed the church's feet. The role of a husband is to serve his wife. The role of a husband is to say, Honey, God has given you to me, and what I should be doing is I should be serving you because that's what Christ did to his church. And you can't make me believe that if a husband is willing to serve his wife, she'll have a problem submitting to his spiritual leadership. If that husband is willing to serve his wife, there will be no problem in her submitting to the spiritual leadership of that man. But you've got to understand something, folks. What the Bible tells for women to do and what the Bible tells for men to do is contrary to our nature. It's contrary to our nature. And there's only one way we can do it. And it's in Ephesians 5.18. He began the family with this verse. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you something, folks. I'm excited that everybody's here today. But there's nothing worse than a full church with half full people. There's nothing worse 
than a full church with half full people. And ladies and gentlemen, the secret is the hand of God on every one of us and being submitted to God's direction and guidance for our lives. Because you understand something. God's hand makes all the difference. God's hand makes all the difference. The children of Israel, 400 years, they were in bondage. 400 years, they were in bondage. Pastor, how did they get out of bondage? Look what the Bible says. And it shall be, when thy son asketh thee in time to come, what is this thou shalt say unto him? By strength of hand of the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. I want you to understand, they were in bondage, but the good hand of God brought them out. I don't know today what you're in bondage to, <laughs> but I want you to know something. The good hand of God can bring you out. I don't know if it's an addiction. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your past is. I don't know what your bondage is. I don't know what the bondage is in your life. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is able to set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. I'll never believe, I'll never believe that because I was born this way, I have a propensity and I'll always have to be this way. I have to be captive to, I have to be captive to the wrong sexual orientation. I have to be captive to pornography. I have to be captive to my addiction. I have to walk around the edges. No! God can set you free! And if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed! God's hand makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Look what the Bible says in Psalms 145, 16. Thou openest thy hand. <laughs> Thou openest thy hand and it satisfies the desire of every living thing. Little boy and his mother would go down to the general store and the owner of that general store would say, Son, stick your hand in there in that jar and get you some suckers. He said, No. And then that man would take his big hand and give that boy some suckers. And finally, one day, his mother said, Johnny, why won't you stick your hand in there and get you some suckers? <laughs> he said, oh, Mama, I've realized he's got a bigger hand. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you something, folks. How do we live? We live from God's hand to our mouth. We live from God's hand. Listen, if I sign a book for you, this is what I'll sign it. Benny Tate, Psalms 37 and 25. I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. I wish I could sing. I, I, I'd sing this song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness unto me. 
You know, the Bible says in Matthew 20 and 34, so Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. <laughs> 35 years ago, I started dating a little girl, and I said to her daddy, I want to marry her. He said, I'll tell you what you better do, boy. You better get in that Ford Fairmont, and you better get off this mountain. I said, well, Mr. Roberts, why on earth would I want to do that? You sure you want to marry a girl that has eight or ten seizures a day? You better run, boy. I said, Mr. Roberts, all I know is I love her. I love her. We so young. We got married and didn't know whether to go on a honeymoon or summer camp. <laughs> and let me tell you, the day came that Barbara said, Jesus took that hand, Benny, and he touched me. 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 You say, Pastor Benny, what happened? Oh, that's been better than 30 years ago. She's never had a seizure since. What happened? God's hand. God's hand makes all the difference. The Bible says in Acts 11 and 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord. Listen, folks, I, I have churches come all the time and preachers come. And uh, what, what can we do, folks? Folks, you, you can't work anything up. You've just got to pray it down. And you've just got to have the hand of God more than anything else. I was last week in Asheville, and I said to Will Graham, the grandson of the late, great Billy Graham, tell me about your granddaddy. He said, I'll tell you about granddaddy, Preacher Benny. I'll tell you how he got started. He was preaching a little bit, and he had a best friend by the name of Chuck Templeton. And Chuck Templeton went away and got some education. And folks, there's nothing wrong with theology as long as you keep neology. Amen? But you don't want your theology to become meology. You want neology. Understood? Okay. He goes away. Gets a little education. He comes back. And, and by the way, folks, I'm like Adrian Rogers. I, 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 I'm not smart enough to preach anything but the Bible. But I'm too smart to preach anything but the Bible. God's Word, folks. God's Word. And he said, Billy, all that stuff is not true in that Bible. It's not true. And Billy had such appreciation for his best friend, Billy began to doubt. One night he was out in the woods, and he laid that Bible on a stump. And he said, God, I don't understand everything about this Bible. But from this point on, I'm going to trust you. I may not understand it all, but I'm going to believe it all. I may not understand it all, but I'm going to believe it all. And Billy said the hand of God came upon him. Shortly after that, he goes to California and puts up a tent to preach a few nights. That few nights turns into eight weeks and 350,000 people hearing Billy Graham and thousands. 
thousands coming to know Christ. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. God's hand makes all the difference in any individual's life. God takes ordinary and he makes it extraordinary because he places his hand on it. I'll tell you something else. Sometimes God even crosses his hands. Sometimes God even crosses his hands. Now let me explain. Jacob was 140 years old. He was actually dying. And Joseph who had been estranged from his father for about 13 years, brought his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And he said to those boys, get in granddaddy's lap. They was his grandbabies. Oh, folks, I, I, I long for that day. I long for that. I long for the day when Benjamin is born. I truly believe this, that grandchildren is the blessing that God gives you for not killing your children. Amen. <laughs> so those boys were there, and Joseph said, they got in his lap, and he said, by the way, these boys that are in my lap, according to Genesis 48 and 5, they're not just my grandchildren. They're not just my grandsons, but today I'm making them my sons. Now, here's what was interesting. Their mother was an Egyptian who worshiped idols. But, folks, I'm grateful that our past doesn't have to determine our future. Our past doesn't have to determine our future. You, you say, well, something bad's happened. It, it matters not, folks. And your past doesn't keep you from being everything you can be for God. He said, Dad... I want you to bless them. He said, I'm going to put Manasseh, the oldest one. He gets the double portion on your right side. Now, Ephraim, he gets the less than. He gets the don't deserve. I'm going to put him on the left side. The Bible says, Jacob, seeing Manasseh on the right side, the greater blessing, the double portion, did something. He crossed his arms. He crossed his arms. And what he did, ladies and gentlemen, he crossed his arms and he gave the greater blessing to Ephraim when he didn't deserve it. God blessed him when he didn't deserve it. Now, you got to understand, you say, Pastor Benny, I worshiped God this morning. No, 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 you got to understand, you worshiped your concept of God. You worshiped your concept of God, whatever your concept of God is. And if your concept of God is God is angry and God's upset with you and God's out to get you and God doesn't care about you, that's the concept you worshiped, but if you worship the proper concept that God is loving, that God cares about you, that no matter what you've done, God still cares about you, you're precious in his eyes, and goodness and mercy shall follow you all your life. That's the concept that God wants you to worship. So when he crossed those arms, he was saying to Ephraim, you don't deserve it. 
but I'm going to bless you anyway. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to bless you anyway. What's God do? God puts us in positions. God gives us occupations. God gives us jobs that we're really not qualified. We have to pinch ourselves. We don't deserve it, but God blessed us anyway. And God gives us material things that we really can't understand, but we don't deserve it. But God crossed, our, crossed his hands, and he blessed us anyway. And sometimes we have relationships, and we say, Pastor Benny, I don't deserve her or I don't deserve him but I'll tell you what God did God crossed his hands and he blessed you anyway sometimes folks we think our ministry's over I've failed I messed up I'm on the shelf God's never going to use me oh happy day he's going to use you he's going to cross his hands and he's going to bless you even when you don't deserve it because that's the kind of God he is let me tell you something, folks. He crossed his hands in all of our lives. He crossed his hands in all of our lives. Understand something. Joseph wasn't the firstborn. Reuben was the firstborn. But Reuben had some problems with the concubines. Joseph was the second birth. So you know what God did? He crossed his hands. He didn't focus on the first birth. Thank God for three of you. He didn't focus on the first birth. That birth when Benny was born into sin and had that sin nature, and if he'd got what he deserved, he'd busted hell wide open. God didn't say, no, no, no. God said, I'm not going to focus on the first birth. But when Benny was 16 years old, he accepted me as personal Savior. So I'm going to cross my hands, and I'm going to focus on the second birth. <laughs> for the cross and thank God God crossed his hands the third thing I want you to see God's hand will not let you go God's hand will not let you go look what the scripture says I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Here, here's a good title for a song. God's grip doesn't slip. Amen. <laughs> you say, but Pastor Benny, I, I, you don't understand what I did. I walked away from him. He didn't walk away from you. No, he didn't. He did not let you go. He will not let you go. You don't understand, Pastor Benny, what I've done. It don't matter what you've done. He won't let you go. And folks, I want to say something to parents. This, this is all I'm going to say to your parents. Pour into those kids. Savannah Abigail graduated from a University of Georgia, Vanderbilt. Taught at Missouri. She's at the University of Florida. So we keep it fair and balanced. <laughs> All of them 
are as liberal as a goose, as liberal as a goose. You got to be open-minded. We've become so open-minded, our brains have fallen out. The other night, she said, Dad, I had an accident. I said, I knew you was going to get in trouble. I should have taught you how to drive. (laughs) She said, I had an accident. She said, the first thing I did is I thank God. I thank God. Folks, they may, I don't know where your children are going to go, but they can't get away from what you pour into them. If you pour God into them, if you pour Jesus into them, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank God for those people in your life that call on a regular basis and say, was you in church today? You should have been in church today. Y'all all going to church today, aren't you? Y'all are going back to the singing tonight, aren't you? Oh, folks, thank God for those people. That poured into you. They poured God into you. And let me tell you something. When God gets a hold of you, he won't let you go. He won't let you go. He won't let you. See, some of you have tried this, folks. You've tried. You've you've been in the church, and you've had a good dose of God, and then you've tried to get away from it, and you've gone down to the crystal pistol with a bunch of lounge lizards, but you got down there, and you was miserable as could be, and you didn't understand why you was miserable. I'll tell you why you was miserable. Because God would let you. Let you go and you tried this and you tried that and you tried dabbing in this but you couldn't get away from God because God's hand won't let you go I, I gotta I gotta quit let me let me give you the last point release your problems from your hands to God's hands Release your problems from your hands to God's hands. Used to, and I used to pastor in the hills of Tennessee just about every Sunday before I'd preach. By the way, folks, you ought to try preaching with terrible music. <laughs> no, we don't have that here. No, we don't have that. We have great music, great worship. But I preached the other night in a church, and the music was somewhere between bad and terrible. <laughs> but I knew I wanted good worship music before I preached. I'd get a young lady to come up, and she'd sing this song. Brother Don, do you remember this song? There is an unseen hand to me that leads through ways I cannot see. While going through this world of woe, this hand still leads me as I go. I'm trusting to the unseen hand that guides me through this weary land. And some sweet day, I'll reach that strand still guided by that unseen hand. Folks, you may not can always trace that hand, but you can always trust that hand. So here's what I want us to do today. Since it's just us, just cup your hands together. Just cup them. The 930 crowd had a real problem with this.
but this is a smarter group. Just couple them together. And every problem, every situation you've got, you put them in those hands. That addiction that won't go away, you put it in those hands. That child that's tearing your heart out, you put it in those hands. That struggle that you've battled for years, you put it in those hands. That perplexity that's beat you down, you put it in those hands. Everything. That marriage, you put it in those hands. That emotional problem, you put it in those hands. That physical problem, you put it in those hands. Then, ladies and gentlemen, take those hands. You put it in God's hands. You take those hands and you put it in God's hands. See, God's hands makes all the difference. Sometimes he even crosses his hands. God's hand won't let you go. You got to release your problems from your hands to God's hands. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then see, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.